so good morning or good evening to all the viewers out there because um this is the i think second time this has happened now um uh, we are speaking to auckland and blackfern's international rugby player eloise blackwell um who is roughly 13 hours ahead of me guys um this has happened again and it's it's great i mean it's fantastic um eight o'clock where i am and i'm i think it's about nine o'clock where you are eloise if i'm correct and saying yeah, it's just gone nine nine o'clock at night <laughs> yeah um so um but it's really cool really awesome to have you on the pod uh this morning or this evening i guess uh but uh how are things with you first and foremost yeah um not too bad um as i was just saying before like where i'm living in auckland um we just came out of a lockdown um obviously it's nothing like what's going on over in europe but um yeah i'm just glad to be out of a lockdown and back into work and being able to train with my team again. Yeah, I mean that must be really, really cool knowing that you'll you can still do what you do and and uh, with the, with the girls and uh, coaches etc. Um, especially during these tough times that we are all experiencing right now. Yeah, like we've been pretty fortunate out here in New Zealand to um, I guess have the have the freedom that we have compared to other countries where we are able to to meet up and train with, you know, in, in large groups, train with our high performance groups and, yeah, get in some clubs. So, yeah, we're very, very lucky and very fortunate to be able to do that. And, um, yeah, I just, I really enjoy being able to do that and be with my team. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, <clears throat> I was seeing this the other day um, about how you guys were, we're playing against New Zealand Barbarians. Um, I think it was in November time, uh, I guess. Uh, I think it was a two two game or one game uh, series you guys played against the Barba uh, Barbarians, sorry? Yeah, uh, two game series that came at the end of the year. Um, you know, as the year had progressed, we were planning to have some internationals against the Aussies, um, as well as I think the French and the English. And then obviously with the state of the world that got pulled and um, I guess playing a, in a barber against the barbers, a New Zealand barbers, it's your, your top 50 players in New Zealand all going out and smashing each other. So it's the next best thing to a test match. So yeah, we're pretty lucky to, to have that um, to kind of close the year off um, on a high for us, given the, the state of everything else. Yeah. And uh, I, I watched one of those games um, and it was really, really close. I think it was only 19. 17, you guys uh, came out victorious. Um, but, I mean, you know, there's lots of, you know, big hits and big carries by a lot of the players that game. And um, I guess the good thing is that there was a lot of, you know, spectators there uh, watching you guys take to the field and and uh, playing some rugby. So, um, uh, so it must have been a very physical series, I imagine. Yeah. Um, like, if you looked at, across both teams, you had... Um... You had some real quality, not just in our team, but also in the Barbas. You had girls that had been in the Black Ferns before. Um, you had had some fringe players and just some real raw young talent. Um, and that's really awesome for you know for our game and to see the growth that we do have, like a player pool that big that can um, front up and provide a quality game. I think we were pretty lucky that day to come away with the win. Um, you know, maybe another five minutes, it could have gone either way, but. Um, yeah, it was awesome. We played down in Nelson, which um, I don't know if you're familiar with, but it's a really small kind of town down in the South Island. And uh, I, I believe that was the first kind of uh, women's rugby game that was played in Nelson. And 
the the city really turned it on for us. They looked after us. Um, they had us out at the local marae and uh, meeting schools. We had, you know, we're training at, at the local schools. We had people come into training and yeah, it was just awesome for us to get out into a smaller community and, um, you know, see the support and the love that uh, women's rugby has. Um, yeah, it was an awesome way to, to end the year off. Amazing, yeah. And um, I guess, uh, obviously, over the last few months, you guys have obviously been training together as a group um, and doing sort of, I guess, your your unit skills and, and team skills, etc. cetera. Um, but what's it been like for you over the last, you know, couple of months or so? Um, so pretty much went on a break from December. Um, I went home, I left Auckland um, back to where I grew up, which is uh, a small little island out um, off the coast of New Zealand. And I pretty much just went off grid, um, spent time with my family and, um, you know, really got into the outdoor stuff and kind of went a little bit off of social media and, and just went to work really. Um, I was trying to trying to get my fitness up to make sure that I was going to be in a, a good position coming into this year, leading into a World Cup. And, um, you know, like myself, a lot of the girls went away on their Christmas break and uh, put a lot of work in and came back in really good shape. And I think, you know, it was, for me personally, it was just about um, disconnecting from my busy life in Auckland and um, being able to kind of reconnect in with my family. Oh, my dog. <laughs> reconnect in, in, um, with doing things that I like and just completely switch off the, I guess, the rugby side and just, you know, focus on myself and and not not worrying about that because it gets pretty hectic, um, you know, with our busy schedules. So, yeah, that was a pretty enjoyable summer. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just add on to that as well. I mean, your, your country's been one of those countries which have, you know, as soon as the COVID hit, basically, you guys were, you know, straight into lockdown. You guys knew about it straight away. You did something straight away. And everyone's praising you guys for what you've done. And, you know, your prime minister, et cetera, doing a, such a, a really good job in making sure that you guys were secure and safe. And, and I guess uh, New Zealand has basically just been one of those countries which have, has gone into complete lockdown as soon as COVID was like first discovered in your country, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a good thing that, you know, you guys are managing to play some rugby and get some rugby under your belt and having big crowds down to your games, etc. cetera. Um, so I think it's, um, it's really good um, what Jacinda's done over there um, as well. So it's brilliant. Yeah, she's been awesome. And um, I guess for us, it was, it was kind of hard to comprehend because obviously around the world, it was a hell of a lot worse than what it was here. But I think because we, her, her old um, Auntie Cindy saying is we went hard, we went hard and we went fast and it really did um, kind of put a stop to the COVID situation. So comes our summertime, which is, you know, December, January, um, we had no lockdowns. We were able to travel around our country and, and really enjoy a good Kiwi uh, summer. So we were, we were really privileged to, um, to be able to do that. And, you know, all you had to do to kind of ground yourself again or, or make yourself um, realise how lucky you were is just, you know, look on social media or connect up with your mates that are around the world and see how bad it still actually was. And, um, you know, we've had a couple of scares this, this side of the new year. Auckland, uh, where I am, we've been in two lock, two quick lockdowns the last um, month, I guess. So, you know, we, 
and we went into lockdown over like one case. So our government's still taking it real serious um, and they've just started rolling out the vaccines. So hopefully um, we can get out of the lockdown officially and um, yeah, get back into our work. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully that, that comes uh, very soon rather than later. So, um, but uh, let's, um, I want to take you back um, all those years ago about when you started getting into rugby and how it all started for you. Um, where did your journey sort of start uh, growing into rugby for the first time? So, as I said before, I'm from like a small little island and um, it's pretty rural. It's pretty remote and like the population of the whole island is probably about 800 people. And uh, so how my journey began was, you know, out on um, one of the local club fields and it was um, it was pretty messy. It was, there was no real structure. The, the age range was from about four to, you know, your, your teenagers, like your 16-year-olds. And all we did was just go out on the field and and just pretty much play bull rush, scrag, just, um, you know, real unstructured, hitting it up. And we did that for about three hours every Saturday. Um, you know, all the locals knew that we had to meet up at this one particular place and we'd just go and have fun with them. Um, all the local kids there's only three schools where I'm from so um you know it was cool to see your mates from the other schools from different parts of the island that you hadn't seen um in a week and you know it was an opportunity to to smash them too so um yeah real real grassroots like no no one had boots on I didn't even think we had mouth guards at the time and um you know the grass on the on the field the one field that we had hadn't been mowing and like months so we were you know it was like nearly up to your knees but yeah like real fond memories of how my journey began and um yeah re real special memories from that and it's always good to get one over on uh, your rival sort of school schools i guess growing up uh, as a youngster so <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah i wanted to talk um very quickly about obviously uh glenn moore who's your current head coach with the black ferns um very experienced player uh back in his days and obviously st still a, a very experienced coach um what's it like playing under him compared to someone like uh brian evans who used to do the job before i think um i guess it's the best way to kind of describe the difference is that like I don't know, Brian's got a real um, soft approach. Um, he's a teacher, so um, he was real, I guess, specific in, in all that he did. And, you know, we love Brian, but at the time uh, when GM come in, it was it was good for the team. Um, it was a good change up. And um, I guess what what GM brought was, was something different. He'd come from the men's game and he'd never... We were the first women's team that he had ever coached, so... Um, he, and he, he was given the team, he, he got given the position like a week before he we went off to play in Canada in the Super Series. And I guess for him, it was hard for him to find his feet maybe until his second year. But I feel like I learned, um, no disrespect to, to Brian Evans and, and Grant Hansen, who were previous coaches, but I feel like I learned more in that one series that I had with, um, with GM and my whole time in the team. It was just, yeah, I guess a fresh change up and you know, ever since like Jim is he's he's a pretty tough man and and he shoots pretty straight. But you know he you know he loves the girls and he always wants what's best for the team. So yeah, it's been awesome having him and 
you know, as other assistant coaches, they're, re they're really nice guys as well. And they, you know, they really do love the team. So it's cool to have uh, a management that's so supportive. Yeah. And, and that's what you need as a player, making sure that you've got close, I guess, coaches and, and assistant coaches, uh, et cetera, uh, supporting you along the way and helping you uh, develop as a player and getting better and better. Yeah, definitely. And I think for like me personally, like Jim, he's a, a Fords coach. So um, I like all the little intricacies that he's um, he's introduced, especially around the line outs. I love a good um, trick line out. And um, you know, I just think back to that the first time we played England since um, the World Cup or previous to the World Cup. So after they'd become champs and um, we were like down on our five meter line and we did this um I guess like a, a curtains where we just opened up on them and they try to do a driving more, which is such a strength for them. And, and uh, we got a penalty five meters out from our try line, you know, so we, we were brave to try things, but we felt, you know, confident because of the, the trust that had been um, put in us from out from our coaching staff. And speaking of world cups, you're a world cup winner yourself back in 2017. Um, that must that must have been really awesome, you know, getting into a World Cup and playing against you know several several countries and then coming out, um, you know, gold medalist. I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it was something else, and it's yeah probably one of my highlights of my career so far. And I think um, like being able to win that 2017 World Cup, it was kind of a the journey had almost been from well before 2014 like when we went to the 2014 world cup in france and the irish beat us um in that pool match mm. um it's it kind of lit a fire then just for me personally because i was so young at the time and i didn't realize the i guess the enormity of the situation you know the black ferns wouldn't be making a final you know first time pretty much in what 24 years um and, you know, just what did it for me was seeing those girls, all the old girls around the circle and just how how gutted they were. And, and like, that feeling is something that I held on to, um, you know, for the next three years um, leading up into that 2017 World Cup. And we lost to England when they'd come out here and played us um, leading into that World Cup. But not for one moment will we ever... Um, scared that we weren't going to be able to um, top them off in, in that final match and you know it just it showed I think you know um, coming out after that that first half and we, I think we were down at the time and it was like a fire had been lit under us we, we were pretty unstoppable and uh, it makes it even more special to to beat the English of course one of our most um, favoured rivals. Yeah, because I mean, you, you guys have played against England so many times before in the past and and probably will do again in the future. So, um, and I think everyone who, who watches those games or prepares themselves for that game knows that it's going to be a very competitive game played against two top quality sides. And um, as you said, the rivalry is there. So um, it's always good to find out who actually comes out victorious in these rivalry games, you know? Well, it took um, me uh, three years to win against the English. So, yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of, lot of love-hate in that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's always good when you guys play against each other. And, and um, uh, it's, it, I mean, it's good. You see a lot of rivalries anyway in, in um, you know, a lot of international rugby games. And, and um, everyone's dying to, like, find out the result because, you know, the build-up and the tension to these games is, like, so real. It's so... 
you know, it's really awesome. So, um, but uh, yeah, uh, I mean, congratulations on being a World Cup winner. I mean, that's that's incredible. And as you, as you said before, it's I think the best highlight of your career so far. So, um, but yeah, really, really awesome um, on that. Um, now, I wanted to talk obviously very quickly about you know representing your country on the biggest stage of them all, and also uh, being a captain yourself as well. I mean, a lot a lot of people. Uh, sort of get to that stage of their career where they do end up being a captain for their international country or or club or whatever it might be. Um, and they say it's like, you know, the greatest privilege in their career. Um, it must be the same same thing with you, I guess, as well. Yeah, it, like it absolutely is. A, it's a huge honour and a privilege to even, yeah, to be able to lead your team out. But, um, you know, it's never like a, your own role, you've always got those other other women that have um, worn the captain's band before you that have led the way and, and shown you, you know, how, how to lead. And, you know, I think of, um, you know, my, I guess if I can have favourites, my most favourite um, captain to to ever lead me would be probably um, Fia Alfamosili. You know, she just led through her actions. She was an absolute beast and, um you know, it was a privilege for me to be led by her. And um, I guess when I was told that I was going to captain for the Barbas series, I didn't really have much time to process it. Uh, I had to go, we pretty much went straight into the team announcement. And it wasn't probably until uh, we walked out onto the field and we had to sing the national anthem. And there was a video going around where you could like see the tears coming down my face. And, you know, it was just, the, I guess that was the realisation or the the moment when I really you know, felt felt that pride to be able to, you know, wear the wear the black jersey firstly, um, but then yeah, secondly to be able to be able to um or be privileged and yeah, so completely humbled to be able to yeah, lead the team out. It was it was a I can't even really describe the feeling, but it was just amazing. Yeah, it is. And I mean, you work so hard to get to that stage and I think I guess earn your trust as well from other teammates and coaches, etc. Because they sort of see you as that leader, that sort of role model, if you like, uh, for younger players in the squad. And um, I mean, I've been a captain myself before and I know what it's like, uh, you know, being in that stage and and trying to, I guess, get the best out of your players during the game, whether you're in the lead or or not in the lead, you know? And it's all about trying to, I guess, pick up, pick up the pace, so to speak. And um, if you're on a losing side, for example, and, and trying to, uh, make sure that the team's in a good place, I guess, as well. Yeah, and um, like within our team, we've got some really good um, key players who help lead all that that sort of game stuff. And, uh, you know, you're always, you know, if you're down or you need to make a crucial decision, you always look to those players to help kind of guide where you think um, the team should go and what direction. So, you know, it, it truly is a collective um collective approach as as you'll know um and I think that's what you know makes our team so strong is the the other leaders that um that we have around that help carry and pick up the girls and, and continue the legacy of the black friends because it is it's such a rich legacy it, it it really is amazing um you know that the history of this team and and all the legends that have um have gone before us yeah absolutely um now, uh, we all know that you play in the second row, uh, as a, or as a lock, I should say. Um, has there been any other positions that you've played growing up before that? Yeah, I actually started um, in the midfield. 
So I was um, a 13. And then <laughs> all through high school, I kind of got pushed closer towards the Ford pack. And then when I came to Auckland, because I was like the tallest person around, they just threw me into lock. And that's kind of where that position grew. But it wasn't until my later days. And yeah, I, I love playing lock now. I love all the grunt work. I love the tight stuff. And um, yeah, I love, I love my core role. I love scrumming, love line outs. And, and um, yeah, the big hits. I do get sat down quite a lot, but you know, it's all... <laughs> all in the fun of it yeah i mean because you're involved in the game a lot more when you play in the second row because you're as you said the scrums and and um uh line outs is like the most crucial part of the game and retaining ball and and um you know stealing possession as well i guess as well yeah and um always you know have a joke with the backs because they all they think we do in scrums is just you know stand there and, and push a little but it's like man come on over here switch roles a bit and and we'll see how well you handle that um yeah but I always always let them know that I can cover first five if, if they need a little break but um no one's ever given me that opportunity yet hopefully hopefully one day that that wish will happen and it will come true um yeah. but um yeah, I mean, you've been brilliant, you know, playing that second row position, you know, getting to the international stage and then playing for Auckland as well. Um, it's just been really awesome seeing you and all the other girls taking to the field. And, and you know, I said before, and I'll say it again, taking to the field and playing some really good rugby and, and uh, uh, showing a good example to all the, all the uh, youngsters who watch you guys in person and, and at home as well. So um, that's the most important thing. Uh, but... Um, so what, what does a typical or usual week look like for yourself uh, leading up to a game at the weekend? Um, so we're talking like club game or like an international? Uh, like we'll go with both. We'll go with both. Yeah, so um, for like club or Auckland, um, as you're probably all aware, like most women's players still work full-time and then rugby's their part-time, full-time job. So um I'm a school teacher. That's my main um, my main craft. So I'm a PE health teacher. So I'm at school um, pretty early. So from about eight o'clock. But before I get to school, I've got to be in the gym, um, getting my strength stuff in. Full school day, and then either I'm coaching my school team or I'm heading home for a quick feed before I head off to another another club training or either. Um, an Auckland high performance training so that's pretty much Monday Monday Tuesday Wednesday's your day off Thursday back to club training Friday's your um either your, your active recovery stuff or your prep for game day and then Saturday game day and, and weekend off Sunday pretty much your only day to recover and have off and then you're straight back into work so it's a pretty um pretty busy uh, full-on lifestyle that a lot of us lead but I guess yeah speaking for myself I probably wouldn't want it any other way I love being busy and I love um like as you said before like being able to give back um to that younger to the younger girls um I love coaching my school girls and you know any opportunity I get to to share the knowledge that I have is you know I'm going to jump to it because we want to make you know bridge the gap between you know the school girl ability right through up to your international level and um hopefully see some of those girls up there later. Yeah, and as, as, as far as I know, um, correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, but uh, you mentioned about uh, being a teacher. Um, that's at Epson Girls Grammar, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, how did you, 
from a sort of a, a younger age, I guess, was was teaching always that that one thing that you wanted to do uh, in the future? I didn't really, like right up until probably a month before I finished high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do uh, specifically. I knew I wanted to work or have some kind of job to do with sports and rec and um, it probably wasn't until, so I'd finished my last two years of high school over in Canada and I had some really awesome teachers there that that kind of, um, I guess once I got home to New Zealand with that month out before I had to make a decision that kind of made me reflect on, you know, how awesome they were and maybe that could be a potential um, pathway that I'd want to head down. And um, yeah, I, w I got an interview at Auckland Uni and I went in and um, got introduced to what the PE program would look like and you know I, I was sold pretty much I was like yep sweet I can I can go to school and just play games with the kids all day it's that sounds like a pretty pretty awesome job and and that's kind of where that um, took off and yeah I still love it I love um, I love seeing the light bulb moments in the kids when they you know learn a new skill or they you know they shoot their first hoop or or shoot their first goal I, I love seeing the the excitement and um you know, the joy in their eyes, that, that makes me happy and it makes me want to yeah, continue to, to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, uh, I mean, do you see yourself going into, um, obviously, when when you retire from international rugby, do you see yourself uh, doing some coaching now and again after that? Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't um, write it off just yet. I do enjoy, um, but at this stage, I'm, I'm coaching my high school team um but yeah it definitely could be something that I'd be interested in doing um I'd probably get itchy feet though I want to keep bringing my boots out to training and then I'll probably start naming myself on the bench and then yeah, <laughs> come out of retirement so you yeah. know I'd probably do something to consider yeah because I mean a lot we see a lot of players uh once they retire um you know in their mid-30s or so then going into coaching so um, and you, I mean, you, I guess you're doing that anyway as a PE teacher um, with uh, all the girls from Epsom Girls uh, Grammar School, etc. So, um, but uh, yeah, I would, I would love to see that. Um, I would love to see that one day uh, in the near future. Uh, but yeah, you still got many years ahead of you. So um, you know, that's that's the main focus for you at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully the body will hold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but. Um, I wanted to talk uh, very quickly next about who've been, I guess, some of the coaches that you've worked with um, during your international career and, and uh, of course, with your club rugby, et cetera. Uh, and um, who have been like some of the coaches that have really helped you and really sort of, I guess, developed you uh, as a player uh, getting better and better? Um, I think you probably can't go further than um, the, the beast, Linda Itunu. Um, she's my current club coach, but when I first came to Auckland, um, she was kind of doing a player coach sort of thing at my club, and it was she was kind of just coming into her prime in the Black Ferns, and I remember seeing her, and I was like, "Holy, like <laughs> this lady's crazy! She's a she's such a beast! She's like smashing people!" And yeah, I think she's probably taught me the most. Um, probably, I'd say off the field. Um, you know, you can only develop your skills on the field so much that like you're not really going to lose too much of that. But in terms of off the field stuff, maybe around like the mental side and and the characteristics that it takes to to be a really good player, but also a really good person. Like she's really helped with um, 
I guess, building that culture within our club team at Ponsonby, but also our, our Auckland team. You know, she's been heavily involved in that as well. So, yeah, she's probably, she has to be right up there. Um, you know, she's cream of the crop and, you know, her, her playing career speaks for itself. And, you know, she's only just beginning her coaching career. And I'm, I'm so, so lucky to be, um, to be able to play underneath her. Oh, play. Yeah, play as her as my coach. <laughs> also play, play along, have played alongside her. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's what I've, that's what I've heard from a lot of players. You know, they've, they've t- spoken about people they've been with for such a long time um, in their career, and I guess have been by their side when they need them the most. I guess in in troubling times or or whatever it might be. So um, yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's really awesome. It really is awesome. Um, now, obviously. With yourself, you've been in the international stage uh, since 2011, I believe now, um, and you made your debut back then against England. Um, and uh, what what do you sort of remember from that day? And were you feeling a bit nervous? Were you feeling excited? I mean, what was going through your head at that stage? Yeah, uh, a lot was going through my mind at the time. I was only 20, so I was still quite young. And um, I guess for me, playing lock and, um, you know, being a debutante coming into a starting position, what was on my mind is, you know, would I be be able to, you know, do do the jersey justice, especially that number four jersey had been worn by, you know, some really amazing um, Blackfern locks and they'd all just retired and it was, you know, a new breed was coming through and that was definitely probably a lot of, like, uncertainty in my mind, like, could I, could I be as good as them or could I do the job that they were doing and, um, yeah, I probably put a lot of pressure on myself as, as a youngster to, I guess, live up to that. And, um, you know, it probably wasn't till I got maybe mid-career where I started finding my feet a little bit and 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 coming into the groove of, of what my game is. But, um, yeah, I remember running out because we played before or we played after the Barbarians game and we ran out for a warm-up and the like all of Twickenham was packed out. I was like, holy, is, are they all here to watch us? Because I <laughs> had no, no idea, like, at, at that stage. And, you know, I was just buzzing out. I couldn't hear anything, couldn't hear what the girls were saying. And I was I was just in awe of the crowd. And then went back into the changing room, jerseyed up, and, and then come back out onto the field and the whole stadium was empty, <laughs> except for, like, maybe, like, two rows either side of the tunnel. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> they weren't here for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was truly like what what a what a stadium, what an occasion to to debut on. And um, you know, I at the time, you know, when the anthem come on, especially I thought of my family who was it was like three o'clock in the morning, and they'd all gone down to the local club to to watch the game on the big screen. They had all the locals there, and Mum and sent me some videos afterwards. So. Yeah, that they were on my mind as well. Um, you know, biggest supporters, my little island and my family out there. So, you know, it was a very, um, yeah, probably up there with the World Cup win. Um, my debut for the Black Ferns, definitely. Yeah, because I mean, I, I've I've seen it a lot myself in other podcasts that I've seen online about how uh, players they work so hard to get to that stage, and then all of a sudden. Uh, like the nerves get to them, they make mistakes on the day. They, you know, um, it doesn't really go their way a lot of the time. Um, but I guess having a good, you know, a good squad of teammates around you sort of eases the tension, I guess, and and uh, makes you comfortable enough in that scenario as well. 
yeah and um like in that team in particular like there were some really some real um old heads that were still involved so I was pretty lucky to have uh come into the environment when those old girls were still around to help um help guide me and show me the way because 100% I made so many mistakes um you know for, for my first couple of games but uh luckily I had those old girls to pick me up and um you know keep me in that positive mind frame and and keep you know pushing through and you know they, they were definitely a huge contributor to to you yeah, helping um sort me out in those early days yeah um well, I mean, you've done so much with the Black Ferns uh, so far, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing some of your games online as well when, when you get the chance to play your next game. And, and, um, and uh, as I said before, you know, setting that good example to everybody else uh, around the world as well. So, because uh, a lot of a lot of people in the world won't be able to be play won't be able to play rugby at the moment. You see, um, but you guys are, I, I guess, in a very good position to be doing that uh, at the moment. So. Um, all the very best uh, and we'll see what happens in the next year or so um, with you guys but uh, yeah hopefully fingers crossed everything goes well with you guys so um, and I want to finish on this last question just before we get into our, our quick fire uh, round so to speak at the end uh, but um, obviously you play in the second row you've been playing the second row for a, a long time now uh, what sort of advice or, or tips could you give players who play in that position um, or who generally play as, as a back five player in that scrum setup? Ooh, um, well, I found out something really cool um, two weeks ago and um, about my position in particular. We've been doing some scrum sessions with uh, Mike Cron, who's the All Blacks scrum coach. And um, what he said was that your tight head lock needs to be the... I won't swear, I won't use his words, but he said you pretty much need to be the toughest person on the field. And um, that's kind of how I, I try to approach um, every game for me personally. And, you know, your locks, you need to be the workhorses. Um, I guess you are the, the un, unsung, un, unsung heroes, much like your front row. Um, you know, you just grind it out. You, you just put your head down and you just go to work and um, you're not always going to be seen as, is scoring all the trials or, or doing all the glory moves, but um, just know that your role is just as equally as important, if not the most important position on the field, speaking biasly, of course, and in the words of, of Mike Cron. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like you just got to find the love for that tight work and just find a love or, or get the, I guess, don't mess with you kind of attitude and just, yeah, get, be prepared to get your hands dirty and, and go to work. I've seen Mike Krong uh, do loads of scrum sessions with, uh, I guess, both the women's and, and the men's squads as well. And he knows his stuff. Um, yeah. And he's he's such an experienced coach and, and scrum coach, etc. So, uh, yeah, must be such a, a really special you know, moment for you guys, knowing that a guy with years of bags of experience under his belt coming in and, and helping you guys from time to time. I mean, that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. He like, he has been awesome. You know, it's all come off, you know, his own time and he's flown around the country, around New Zealand, just to be there to um, give us some extra pointers and, and help us perfect um, that side of our game. So yeah, we're, we're very um, privileged to be able to have his expertise and, and his um, want to want to come and, um, and show it, show it and share it with us. 
Awesome. Um, right. So we have some quick fire questions here to finish off with. Uh, and these have always been fun with loads of players that have come on the pod before. Um, and it will get the, make sure the viewers will, will know you a little bit more with these questions. So, um, but uh, yeah, let's give them a crack and see where, where it takes us. Um, so, um, and this will be, I think for, you know, with obviously with the Auckland setup and the Black Fern setup as well. Uh, so it's not, you know, one specific team, but uh, yeah, let's see where this goes. Uh, so the first question is, who is the fastest player in the squad? Other than myself, I'd probably have to say um, Natalia Moores. She, she's quick. Yeah. I've heard um, Portman is, is also quick as well. Who was that? Por- uh, Porsche, uh, I should say oh, Porsche, Porsche Woodman. Porsche? Yeah, yeah Porsche, she's pretty quick. Um, yeah. yeah, she's pretty quick. She can't catch me, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, who is the strongest player in the squad? It's got to be oh, you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Close second. I uh, have to be um, Alicia Pearl Nelson, now um, tight head prop. She's a beast. Um, good old farm girl, just... You know, just has that natural strength, that natural ability. She's 100% the strongest. Um, who is the funniest teammate? Oh, got to go to Takura, Nataiding, and Matea Hooker. She's awesome. She always brings the hype. She's full of laughs. And, yeah, she's got pretty pretty good jokes too. Um, now, we mentioned before about, you know, the World Cup being sort of one of your highlights or your best highlights of your career so far what other moment has been the best in your career so far uh probably getting my first win in the black jersey which was uh two years into my into my journey 20 2013 at uh in hamilton against the english we won in overtime with a uh 70 meter runaway try down the sideline to to win that so yeah that's probably up there as well with one of my most memorable moments Awesome. Um, what other sports do you follow or play? Well, pretty much played it all. Um, mm. Thought I was a pretty good netballer for a wee while, same as basketball. Um, done a bit of surf life saving as well. Um, yeah, but I love I love all sports. Um, I love getting in behind um, watching the league. That's quite good. Um, yeah, and we just finished our Constellation Cup over here um, where the New Zealand girls beat um, Australia. So that's always a, an extra win where you can beat the Aussies. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is the toughest player you've played against so far? Oh, that I've played against. Oh, that's really tough. I'd probably have to say Maggie Alfonsi, she was pretty tough to play against in my, in my early days. Um, but in terms of Kiwi girls, in a trial match playing against um, Eldora Itunu, beast. Yeah. Um, what is your favourite type of food? Um, my favourite food would probably be uh, lamb chops. Definitely. Oh, yeah, I can't go wrong with those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you could have one teammate that can get you out of a sticky situation, who would it be? Oh, a lot of those girls are pretty good with their um, good with their words. <laughs> probably would probably had to be TK. She'd probably sing a song to whoever I was getting in trouble with, and then they'd let me go. 
Um, what is your favorite type of music? Oh, that's tough. I, at the moment, I'm, I'm kind of loving the Kiwi Jams, um, 660. Um, they're an awesome group, but um, I've got a real soft spot for Backstreet Boys. They're my all-time favorite. Um, 90s, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who has the worst taste in music in the squad? Oh, Probably um, voted by the team, it might be Kendra Coxhead. She, she loves a bit of Celine on game day. and I, I quite like some of Celine's songs, but it doesn't go down too well with the rest of the team. Um, and uh, the last one I was going to ask you was, I've asked this question so many times, but it would be pretty cool to hear your take on it. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, I probably... Probably can't go past what my mum used to tell me every day. Um, take risks, um, be brave and, and try something new because, you know, every, every opportunity that you don't take is a, is a lost opportunity. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> uh, awesome. Awesome. Right. Um, Eloise, it's, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the pod uh, this morning or this evening, I should say. Um, and uh, I'll be delighted to have you back on again because you've been uh, really, really awesome. Uh, and uh it's been cool learning uh, your background in, into rugby and how it all started for you. So it's uh, it was it's been brilliant to have you on. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to come and chat with us about your rugby. No, well, good. Thank you for having me.